Hello everybody and welcome back to episode six of Just The Fitness Tip, uh, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. Hello Jason, how are you doing? I'm good Mitch, we're back in the bro palace. We're back. I feel like I'm home because I am home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the podcast worked really well out of the space last time, so I've got high hopes for today. I'm hoping we can harness some of the bro energy on International Women's Day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we don't have our little mascot with us today, which is a bit upsetting. No. I hope it doesn't completely throw off the vibe. I hope not, uh, but she's here in spirit, mm-hmm. definitely. She's not dead. I know, but <laughs> her enthusiasm for life is here. Excellent. So, um, as always, just a quick run through of what you've been up to this week. Anything exciting? I hear that you've been taking on the world again. Mate, I've been flat out. Uh not only have I been trying to topple local government, which is a full-time job, um, I, I'll get onto that after. But I've got I've, I've been back to my GP, Mitch. Jesus, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've become a bit of a hypochondriac since starting this podcast. People might remember uh, last week and it, the week before. I, I went to my GP, and um, they gave me a list of things to do um, around Edinburgh: staying fit in the outdoors. Uh, because it was related to the Shetland article that we were reading. <laughs> but I've been back to my GP um, in reference to another article, uh, because I, really I see myself as a living experiment, and I'm doing these things for you guys so that <laughs> so that you don't have to, right? So I've been back to my GP, and uh, I said, uh, did you listen to last week's Just a Fitness Tip? Of course. I was like, well, uh, this is what I wanted to speak to you about. I'm worried you're bringing out another laptop that I had no idea where it came from. How do you have three laptops? It's all that podcast money. (laughs) So I said, said, well, you'll be familiar with the article about uh, Tim Sheaf, the free runner who had a bit of salmon and ejaculated. So I said, uh, it got me thinking, what what are the, the best foods to aid male prowess okay interesting so, i think we should just recap for people that have not listened to previous article and wondering uh, previous episode and wondering like what, what are you talking about everyone yeah. has but... <laughs> yeah uh, so this was an article uh, tim sheaf he's a he's a well-known youtuber apparently um and he uh, he was vegan he was a militant vegan for many years i think he called himself a militant vegan as well um if anyone finds that term offensive those were his words um and he said that he was struggling to or his health was suffering um and he said that he ejaculated for the first time when he reintroduced salmon into his diet and so it was just a discussion of how vegan diets may have certain uh, or aid deficiencies, and there can be uh, some health complications if you don't do it correctly. Yeah, and actually, I read a follow-up article about it because it was, it was so, such an intriguing uh, <laughs> concept. Apparently, a lot of nutritionists and experts were saying that there would be no correlation between eating salmon and aiding ejaculation. So that's why I went to my GP, because I wanted to get the real fitness tip. So, I have... Eight penis-friendly foods to boost T levels, sperm count, and more. Are we really so, going there? <laughs> so, number one, spinach to boost testosterone levels. So, apparently, spinach for penile health is a good source of folic acid, which may help prevent erectile dysfunction. Next up, we've got a daily cup of coffee for better sex. So, uh, apparently, caffeine has been shown to prevent erectile dysfunction. 
<laughs> Apple peels to prevent prostate cancer. A little bit more serious, guys. Bring the tone, tone to a serious matter. Apparently, it contains an active compound that may starve prostate cancer cells. So it's not all just fun and games. And this is my favorite one. Supercharge your libido with avocados. Hey, wait for this top tip. The Aztecs were onto something when they named the avocado tree the testicle tree. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> so shout out my GP. Get a lot of get a lot of love on just a fitness tip. Thank you for another list this week. Guys, if you want a list of those eight penis friendly foods, hit me up on at Jason Pro Unicyclist. I will send you the PDF, the link to download that from the NHS Scotland website. The, dist the disturbing bit about that was just when you kept making eye contact and talking about penile dysfunction. The, the <laughs> testicle tree. Need one of those. But, 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 okay, on a serious note, Mitch, what else have I been up to? As I said, uh, the listeners may have been intrigued by me talking about taking down the government, and it was no hyperbole. Um, you were actually involved uh, in this video production. I was. Um, so, listeners... I don't know if I've mentioned it, uh, I do a show with a guy called Dan, shout out Dan, uh, it's called Dan and Jason, The Quest for Gains. This episode we've been working on for a while is relating to something we've mentioned the past few weeks, uh, the Edinburgh Leisure budget's been cut by 3 million, um, and it was this whole video idea was stimulated by a conversation I had with someone about the not only the expense that goes into the outdoor gyms, but actually how... Um, Useless. Yeah, how poorly planned they are, how short-sighted they are, and how, quite frankly, how useless they are. Um, so we've made a video. Guys, if you could, I'd really appreciate it. Go and watch it. If you like it, if you believe in the message, uh, please give it a share. We just go around Edinburgh. We managed to cover six miles across the city just to get one full-body workout in. Um, and hopefully we're raising awareness of the fact that, you know, we we touched on it last week as well about how Scotland is getting unfitter. I think it's probably not unfair to say the UK is getting less fit and we've got an obesity crisis at the moment. There was a horrendous statistic about it. basically one in three children could potentially be overweight. Um, and the government provided um, facilities, uh, which, you know, are going to be for people who are on low income, people who can't necessarily afford an expensive gym membership. Um they're just completely inadequate. So as much as we're having a laugh and joke about it, it is a serious topic. We're also we're also trying to meet Lorraine Kelly. We gave her a little shout out in the video too. So if anybody out there knows Lorraine Kelly and can hook us up, we're on a mission. I've always had a soft spot for Lorraine Kelly. I think I think most people have. She's a don. She's <laughs> the don of Scottish B-list celebs. And I don't mean that in an insulting way because Sean Connery's a... Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I'm sure she'd take that. But yeah, I've always had a bit of a soft spot. Also, Carol with the weather, you know, on the BBC, you know, Carol with the weather. Oh, I've met her. Have you really? Yeah, so she was, on, so she was on Blue Peter the day that I was on Blue Peter, because I was on Blue Peter, guys. I've got two Blue Peter badges. Not that I'm bragging. Yeah, you sold them on the black market, though, didn't you? <laughs> Look, <laughs> you said we didn't talk about us. See, some two lucky people have got free access to Legoland. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Carol with the weather's I've always had a soft spot for Carol, so yeah. Maybe we can get her involved in the uh, in the campaign too. Absolutely. Any any and all milfs. <laughs> midway tough. <laughs> midway midway oh, I apologize for Jason. Midway through the weather she can just turn on to uh Where are you going with this? I, I don't know. 
<laughs> You're still thinking about that testicle tree. No, I'm just the, the milk coming threw me off. Uh, <laughs> what have you been up to, Michael? <laughs> Apart from appearing in Dan and Jason Quest for Gains, check it out, it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook. <laughs> Apart from appearing in that, what have you been up to? Uh, so I have been planning for a talk that I'm doing tomorrow, once again, at Lift Gym, which I mentioned the last two weeks. You love Lift Gym. I do love Lift Gym. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been planning for a talk that I'm doing there tomorrow at midday. Uh, this podcast will go out after that talk has been done, otherwise I would encourage everyone to come along. You've missed it. Yeah, you've missed it. Uh, so I've been planning for that, and then just client work. Um, I had a really interesting meeting with another guy, Gary, from the Mindful Enterprise. I'm going to give him a shout out. Really nice bloke. Uh, he's going to be coming into my um, closed Facebook group uh, for my Get Fit with Michael um, closed Facebook group. And he's going to do a talk on kind of mindfulness and nutrition and exercise and how that relates to mindfulness and how it can impact it. So, yeah, it's been a busy week. Uh, but, yeah, the talk tomorrow is taken up quite a bit of my time. So I'm looking forward to getting that done. I'm sure everyone who's going will be happy to hear the attention to detail that you have put into it. So. Appreciated, mate. Thank you very much. Shall we get started? I think that we should. My, my intro is always a lot shorter than yours. So <laughs> yeah, that's not all. You've got a... <laughs> you've got... Yeah, you've, you've, been, you've been fighting an important battle this week, so it's fine. It's true. Taking down government really burns calories. Yeah. Are you having a problem with the stand there? I'm just trying to readjust it. I want the listeners to get the best sound quality possible. So, how's that? There we go. I think we're good. I'm trying not going to headbutt the stand by accident. Don't do that. Okay, so Article 1 um, <clears throat> is talking about rage yoga. So, I'd never heard of rage yoga until you, you sent this article my way. And it's interesting, <laughs> to say the least. So, it's from Maxim.com. So, interesting website. Uh, are they still making that magazine? Yeah! Are they? I don't know. Why are you asking me? I, I feel like you'd still read Maxim. I don't know. I'm not as toxically masculine as I look. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh, so rage yoga apparently relieves stress with booze breaks and swearing. And so it turns out that drinking, screaming and yoga totally do mix uh, when it comes to rage yoga. <laughs> Would you give rage yoga a go? I've done a little bit of yoga in the past um, and I do definitely see the benefits in terms of, not only in terms of things like flexibility, mobility, <laughs> core strength, but even just something like doing a workout that is maybe a little bit more, we were talking about mindfulness there with your pal, a little bit more mindful, a little bit more kind of body awareness rather than just kind of uh, sprinting or absolutely hammering the weights. So I do think it has some kind of, mental health benefits a lot of other exercise doesn't have i must say it looks like rage yoga has taken those benefits and ripped them up and thrown <laughs> them in the bin yeah this looks like it would be good fun yeah agreed but it's probably it's like so basically drinking screaming and yoga i love all of those things i like to do them separately yeah, I, so I'm in. I'm I'm looking at this in in two separate parts. Um, one part of me is thinking this completely defeats the point of yoga because it's supposed to be a mindful practice and kind of focusing your zen and um, and I know many yoga teachers uh, in Edinburgh that would be disgusted with rage yoga. It's probably the best way to put it. Um, but then on the other on the other hand, I think that. If it's a form of exercise that people enjoy doing and it in some way gets them active and can help release stress, then 
And why the hell not as well? Uh, I quite like the quote from the founder. Is it Lindsay Eistis? Is that how you say her name? Um, she says, alternative yoga is for the modern badass, which I quite liked. I think as modern badasses, we appreciate that. So, um, yeah, no, it, it is a bit weird. It'd be like doing a marathon while drinking as well. Like, they do that now, though, don't they? Yeah. They do, do run races like that where you drink alcohol along the way. Not look, keen, not a fan. Look, I love booze more than the average man probably and i love working out i don't like muddying the waters and doing both at the same time yeah agreed so uh, yeah another quote from from the founder it says some people need to release and let go we are all angry about something and we all have been holding on to an f-bomb for a little bit too long so yeah if you find that rage yoga is a good outlet um whilst increasing your flexibility and having a, a relaxing it's probably not a relaxing drink is it <laughs> having, having a drink <laughs> Probably the least relaxing drink you'll ever have. But you know what? If you enjoy it, then yeah, why not? But yeah, I've, so I've, as I said, I've got good friends who are yoga teachers in Edinburgh. And I think they get a little bit angry with the way that like social media has taken yoga. And um, kind of the roots of yoga where it is, as I said, kind of all about mindfulness and finding inner peace. It's kind of just been as everything does get um, on social media, has just become kind of sexualized and all about um, who can wear the least amount of clothing um, and holding seductive poses um, to get likes. Yeah, I mean, it's like a thousands and thousands of year old spiritual practice that's now being used to flaunt beer. Um, yeah, I, you know what I do like about it? I'll put it over in this sense. Talking about built-up tension, I think, modern life can be very stressful and i think if people can use their workout as a way of relieving tension and stress i'm all for that i would say i get all that from you know pushing weights yeah, and doing agreed. plyo and circuits and stuff like that so I, it's not necessarily for me you know what it would be good for a stag do <laughs> weirdly yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's actually not a bad idea. Or a handy, whatever. Yeah, or this this might be the way that that they might be advertising it. Mm. Who knows? Um, but yeah, the article, I think it's because it's been written on Maxim.com is is a bit of a joke. Like some of the stuff they say is just kind of typical male chauvinistic crap. Yeah. But um, yeah, Ray Yoga, if anyone's tried it, give us a shout. I, we're very keen to see how you got on. But as with everything fitness, if you enjoy it, why the hell not? Yeah, don't take things too seriously unless you are trying to achieve nirvana in which case you should probably take it really seriously yeah. and don't get drunk yeah avoid rage yoga if you're one of those people yeah yeah brilliant right article number two so this is an interesting one and one that i was pretty keen to talk about to be honest because it's something that i see with clients all the time um so Yo-yo dieting. This is a, another Daily Mail article. We apologize for how often this uh, dreadful newspaper or website is featuring in the podcast. Um, but yo-yo dieting increases women's risk of heart disease. So gaining and losing 10 pounds in a year drives up cholesterol, blood pressure and affects fitness. Um, so anytime I see a piece of research in a, in a website like the Daily Mail, you've always got to take it with uh, a bucket load of salt. Um, However, it's, it is interesting that I feel that we should talk about yo-yo dieting and the impact that that can have on people long-term, not just physically, but also in regards to mental health too. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts, Jason? I'm going to let you roll this first before I throw in my two cents. So 
obviously it says here researchers at Columbia University. Shout out Columbia University. Um, that's where the cocaine testing goes down, isn't it? Um, <laughs> assessed nearly 500 women <laughs> whether it is to slow down for summer or to make up for an indulgent winter. They say drastic weight drops and gains are not healthy. And to bring this back around to something that I can maybe relate with. No, don't laugh. I'm not going to. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not lowering the tone. No, I'm just laughing at your Columbia University oh, joke, right. joke again. Thank so, you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I didn't even plan that one. <laughs> um, to bring this back to something that I'm interested in, uh, regular tippers will know that I'm a big comic book fan. And there, I mean, the poster boy for this is Christian Bale doing the kind of gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, putting on muscle, you know, things like that. And, and, he is quite outspoken. I know Matt Damon has been outspoken as well about the negative uh, effects of doing that across their career. Um, so it's not just a case of something that happens to them as they're doing it. It's apparently something that has had repercussions beyond that. So it says here also women who had yo-yoed were 65% less likely to score well on the American Heart Association's measurements for good heart health. I think it's just a case of... And from my personal experience as well, getting a little bit older, um, putting on weight, it's it's harder to lose it. Um, and I would also say, I just say like manipulating your body, um, you become much kind of less malleable as you age. And I think it's more desirable to stay consistent than it is to, you know, fluctuate. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's really interesting to see that there's actually evidence here to suggest that just beyond you know being fat not being in shape quote unquote it's actually saying that it's affecting your your heart and uh, your blood pressure yeah it's an interesting one and there's actually a piece of research I, I can't remember the researchers names if anyone wants it please drop me a message and i'll happily send it over but they investigated people that went on kind of the biggest loser as well in the states where it's that kind of um the fitness show where they they drop people to horrendously low calories every day and then put them through kind of six plus hours of exercise a day too um, and I, I don't think it's necessarily just as you said about the physical oh, I've, I've lost body fat or I've got too much body fat <clears throat> um, it can completely mess up bodily functions and this is what this article is hinting towards even though it's the Daily Mail um, is yeah the, the health impacts that can come from kind of dropping weight putting it back on dropping weight putting it back on can be really severe um, there is signs that it may potentially impact your metabolic rate. So that's just that the rate that you burn calories when you're at rest can be completely thrown off if you go through kind of yo-yo dieting periods. Um, and I guess also, even just not on a physical health point, the mental health side of yo-yo dieting can be can be horrendous. And if you are one of these people, you find that you're you're jumping from diet to diet. You might be trying intermittent fasting and then moving on to like an Atkins diet and then trying Slimming World and then trying Weight Watchers. If you're going between all of these diets and you just keep on putting weight back on afterwards, then maybe it's time that you started to focus on a bit more of a long-term solution as well. Um, I, I'm assuming you're, that's your thoughts as well, Jason. Well, yeah, I'm actually quite uh, surprised here. It says, because um, obviously the kind of the rhetoric at the top is... Um, drastic weight drops and gains are not healthy and then it goes on to say gaining and losing 10 pounds within a year now i i would think i mean i know 10 pounds is a lot but i think i probably lose and gain 10 pounds within a year every year um you know i think i could probably lose four pound overnight just swaying <laughs> so to see it's as 
I don't want to say as little as £10, but, you know, it's not something like we're not talking about, you know, £25, £30 here. Like mm-hmm. we're talking under a stone. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of important to think about. I, I haven't looked into the research paper, but it's, <clears throat> it's interesting to to know how these people are losing weight. Chances are they're not following a sensible diet to do it. So they're probably going through periods of possible starvation over exercise um, and the health um, impact that that can have is huge and it's why I always promote this kind of longevity lifestyle change approach because it is the only way to succeed long term and um, if you are simply trying to stick to a very strict diet for four weeks five weeks six weeks whatever it is and then going back to exactly what you were doing before when you finish then there's only one thing that's going to happen and that you are just going to yo-yo back and forth and yeah this research paper is proof that if you keep doing that it's not just you're putting body fat on you are potentially risking your health by doing so um so if you do want to make a healthier change um if you are struggling with this kind of yo-yo approach then please drop us a message i'm going to let you plug your instagram page again jason here because i know you like to jason pro unicyclist excellent and mine on instagram or facebook or twitter is at michael ujoa so that's u double l o a p t Um, and if you do want help because you're going through something like this then then please give us a shout yeah i think it's important to highlight kind of almost going back to what i've said about the ease of losing 10 pounds i think it's easy to lose 10 pounds it's it's hard to lose a healthy 10 pounds. And uh, a thing that it makes me think of is I'm a big fan of combat sports. And in combat sports, there's a huge problem, actually, with weight cutting. Guys will be, you know, like 170 pounds. Uh, and then the day before, they'll try and cut like 20 pounds just to fit on the scale. And what you're finding is that they're super dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And for anyone that doesn't know much about that, it causes a huge risk of traumatic brain injury because you being super dehydrated, your brain is obviously something, you know, I'm bro science alert, 70, let's go 70% water. I mean, that's <laughs> nonsense, but a huge part of it is water. And you, you don't realize that by losing water in your body, you're actually losing integral parts of some of the you know major organs um and specifically when you're talking about competing at a high level in sports dehydrating yourself and then getting hit in the head um yeah just there's obviously a culture within combat sports of dangerously cutting weight and doing it in an unhealthy way um so yeah i think if you what you've just said there about yo-yo dieting if you're cutting weight if you're just losing weight and just looking at the scale and seeing that as a measure of how well you're doing you should maybe think twice about what those 10 pounds actually are and uh, and the effect it could be having on, on your overall health. Yeah, completely agree. So, it's, so if weight loss is your goal, the approach that I always take, there may be kind of a few exceptions, but find what your calories are um, or what they should be to maintain weight and then create a small calorie deficit. So you just want to be eating enough food so that you're taking in just fewer calories than you're burning off. Um, so you will be le- losing weight, but still eating enough calories so that you've got enough energy to move and perform every day. You've got enough energy to exercise. You've got enough energy to recover fairly well between workouts. You've got enough energy for your menstrual cycle to still function correctly. And yeah, cutting your calories super low. Yo-yo dieting is so detrimental to your health. So please, please don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. 
So I got distracted by this wee pop-up in the yeah, corner. I was as well. Some guy shifted some crazy weights down here. I must admit, the first one was a squat, and the form was awful. It, was really it, bad, it yeah. turned into like a good morning. So it was I awful. actually I saw that when I was kind of saying my important point there, and I saw him leaning forward in the squat. Yeah. I, I thought was this going to be one of those videos where like his back just crumbled. I thought it was going to be a gym fail. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't. It was a serious video. But, yeah. Oh dear. So, yeah. So as a side note, if you're paying for advertisement, make sure your form's good. <laughs> <laughs> excellent okay right i think we've summarized that one fairly well happy to move on happy 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 oh no it's the daily mail again <laughs> really? ah, so, so this article was on quite a few websites i think when we switched laptops we just clicked on the first one so we'll ignore it we'll ignore his daily mail but uh yeah the story's still good and a really important talking point so uh, we'll pretend that it's not we'll say that it's a random well, just google it and yeah. avoid the top search yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so we'll say this is like uh just the fitness tip.com we actually need to save that I mean, don't no, don't, yeah, buy that don't buy that url don't buy it <laughs> okay so um basically there's a doctor who a cardiologist that works for the nhs <clears throat> excuse me and he was saying that um a vegetarian diet led to his mother's premature death um, so I know last week we spoke about uh, the impact of vegan diets on health and uh, basically um, this doctor claimed that because his mother was on a vegetarian diet and I'm assuming she was um, in a hospital at the time was she mate I'm, I'm not 100% sure but basically her lack of protein kind of um, led to her her premature death so he's kind of promoting um, ensuring you get enough protein within your diet did you? What were your thoughts on this, mate? I'll let you go first. Well, so again. I, I skimmed this article last week, um, and there was a there was a point of it. Can you scroll down for me? Sorry yeah, about that. Right. So um, there was an important point in it about uh, vitamin B twelve, I think, mm -hmm. uh, which yep. I thought was quite interesting. So. Just a little bit of background. People will know that I was an integral member of the Asian community when I was living in London, uh, and I don't just throw that around lightly. I'm getting married to an Indian. Um, but so I lived with with Ami's parents for a while, and the reason I, I bring it up is because so this this woman is, is of Asian origin, and I think it's quite a big problem within the Asian community, especially people. Well, I would I would assume specifically with people who have vegetarian diets is the vitamin B12 deficiency. Now, Ami's dad actually had health complications, which led to him having to take a vitamin B12 supplement. Um, and I mean, you know more about this than I do, um, but I believe there is no natural source of B12 outside of animal proteins. Yeah, it's the best way to get vitamin B12. So yeah, if you're cutting down on meat intake and um, dairy products and uh, eggs and all that stuff, then you are going to struggle to get enough vitamin B12 into your diet. Yeah. So everything I've known, obviously... Uh, I'm not a vegetarian, but I have lived a, a largely vegetarian lifestyle for the past few years. Um, and it really kind of, as someone who works out a lot, as someone who's concerned about muscle mass, I really did look into protein intake, the kind of, not necessarily just the highest protein non-meat um, alternatives, but also the kind of variety that you need to get this like amino acid profile and things like that. And Again, like going back to talking about being a healthy vegan or being someone who excludes massive food groups but is still trying to be healthy, you really do have to do your research and you really do have to have a kind of uh, myriad of options. You can't just be eating eggs or eating chickpeas. You need to be 
fulfilling your quota across the board. So I find that what I find also uh, particularly alarming is that not only is this guy a GP, but his mother, who's the subject of the article, was a GP also. So these are people who work in the health uh, profession and are still at risk. So you can only imagine people who maybe aren't as um, clued in or as aware or as knowledgeable, um, those people are, are going to almost certainly be in a kind of more of a knowledge black hole than these people. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And yeah, so protein is super important within our diets. Um, the government recommends 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. That will mean nothing to most people, but that is fine. But it's quite a low level. And basically, their recommendations for someone who's completely sedentary doing no exercise, that's the amount of protein that you need. Um, as soon as you start exercising, you need more protein. Um, as soon as um, you want to lose weight and you drop your calories, you probably need a bit more protein. Um, so my mind's going completely blank here. There's many other reasons why you need more protein in your diet. But if you are elderly, um, naturally, as we get older, we become less active. So naturally, our muscle mass starts to break down. And this is usually what you see in quite a lot of elderly people. They're not as active. Muscle mass starts to break down and then they suffer as a result. So their protein requirements are going to go up. Um, and this is basically what this this doctor is saying. I think his mother was unwell. She was very sedentary, um, living, uh, eating a vegetarian diet. So her protein intake was non-existent um, and it kind of sped up her demise, sadly. Um, so protein is needed for growth and repair. As soon as you exercise, you kind of make micro tears and muscle fibers and protein is used to rebuild that muscle tissue back up. Um, if you are taking in fewer calories than your body needs, um, so if you're trying to lose weight, Um, you take on fewer calories than your body needs, your body will start to break down muscle tissue for energy. So by increasing your protein intake, hopefully it's going to limit this from happening as much as possible. Um, so yeah, as, as Jason said, it's really easy when you're when you're following a vegetarian diet because most protein sources or complete protein sources, so protein sources that contain all the amino acids that our body needs for growth and repair, most of those sources are meat products, seafood, um, and kind of animal-based. Uh, so dairy, eggs, for example. There are very few uh, complete protein sources that are plants. Dude, some of these pop-ups on this website <laughs> is... I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but they're incredibly distracting. Um, also, I want to highlight as well, because I don't want people to think this is a hit piece on people who don't eat meat. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the guy goes on to say that it's not obviously a vegetarian diet that killed her, no. but he is saying that um, he is saying that a vegetarian diet is not necessarily the healthiest diet you could have. And I think it's just about highlighting. Again, it's something that I've said in the previous episode. Whenever you exclude something from your diet, it's going to have a major impact on your body. Now, sometimes that's a positive thing. Um, A lot of the times it's a negative thing. And it's just about being mindful of the effect that excluding something from your diet has. Um, I I I think it's really important that this guy is highlighting that it's something that happened across her whole life. It was a diet that she... And, and actually, there's there's some details about her diet on the, the article, and it doesn't actually look like she's really had a very healthy lifestyle, to be honest. I mean, it's got yeah, five or six I mean, biscuits. I mean... Yeah, I know, like, it's it's not dreadful, to be honest with you. I've, I've seen a lot worse. Um, 
But it, it just shows that, as we mentioned with the vegan diet last week, if you want to adopt a vegetarian diet, that's fine. You can live a really healthy life with a vegetarian diet, but it just once again requires more planning. You can't simply just cut out meat, seafood, and then and then just carry on with everything else that you were doing before. You need to make sure that you are kind of eating complementary proteins, so uh, different foods that contain all the amino acids that you need for growth and repair, and you need to make sure that you're not missing out any kind of major micro or macronutrients. Um, so yeah, just, just planning is needed. If you are thinking of adopting a vegetarian diet, then just just do a bit of research first mm. um, go on social media, ask someone that you trust, ask us, we can give you some advice, but just make sure that you're doing it in the right way. And yeah, you can definitely have a very healthy diet, be it vegetarian or vegan, but it just requires, requires a lot more work. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of our thoughts on this one. Anyway, as Jason said, we're not knocking it at all. Um, I've got many clients, friends, family members that are vegetarian or vegan, and they do really well. But that's because they have have worked on refining it um, and ensuring they're supplementing with the things that they might not be able to get through their diet, like kind of protein, vitamin B12, iron, that kind of stuff. Um, a high protein diet can have multiple health benefits if you've got no health issues um, and your GP hasn't told you otherwise. Then, then you should be fine with a high protein diet and the benefits of that as you start getting older, as you exercise more, as you want to lose weight, the higher protein diet can really, really help. So, You'll yeah. be more likely to ejaculate as well. That is potentially true. Thank you, Tim Sheaf. I'm not calling you Tim Sheaf, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> how long have we been doing this podcast? <laughs> Sorry, who are you? Why are we here? This is my bro palace. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, just if, if you're thinking of doing vegetarian diet, then just plan it. Plan it and ask for help. I also think, it, I jokingly spoke about being a member of the Asian community, although I do take that seriously. Um, I think it also highlights the point that depending on your, shall we say, like, ethnic background certain things can be more or less important in your diet like i do know that there are some things um specific to uh people who are from you know east uh southeast asia um that you have to be wary of there's obvious things like vitamin d deficiency and things like that especially if you're living in scotland sorry future wife mm. um but yeah, so it's just kind of do your research uh, and it goes back to this idea of there's no one size fits all diet or lifestyle that is right for everybody. Yeah, completely agree. Um, nutrition, um, a point that I always like to hammer home, your approach to nutrition could should kind of make you feel good and um, fit nicely into your lifestyle. If your diet is being overly restrictive, making you feel miserable and it's difficult to stick to, then change it because it's not going to work at all. Um, the diet approach you're on now, if you can't see yourself on that exact same diet approach one year from today, then it's not going to work. So yeah, that we'll leave that as our final, final statement from that article. But yeah, an interesting article and yeah, I... Yeah, it's, it's good that he's promoting this message, this doctor that works for the NHS, because um, it's one, it's, protein is a bit of a weird one as well, because a lot, there's still a lot of myths around it, um, especially kind of the whole protein shakes damage your kidneys, high protein diets are bad for your kidneys. If you are a healthy individual with no previous, previous health issues, then a higher protein diet or a slightly higher protein diet than that, that the NHS recommends um, can have multiple health benefits. Um, the International Society of Sports Nutrition's approach to protein is much more up to date. 
Um, so um, I would recommend kind of checking out that. So the ISSN protein position statement uh, is if you're a nerd like me, a really interesting read. And it basically lays out how much protein you should be having depending on kind of activity levels, um, your height, your sex, all that kind of stuff. Also, if you're not a nerd like Mitch, it's a really good way to drop off at night if you're having <laughs> struggles sleeping. So print that off, give it a good read, and you'll either learn something or you'll have a great night's sleep. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Okay, right. Article number four, final one. So, yeah, this is... Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, this is a, this is a good one because uh, Jason and I lead slightly different lifestyles when it comes to this topic. Can you tell? <laughs> so, the topic is alcohol. Um, and it's just basically an article where... <laughs> it really just made me out to be an alcoholic. Yeah, it's not far yeah. from the truth. No, you're, you're all right. Uh, so, <laughs> basically... <laughs> Basically, uh, loads of dietitians are basically discussing whether you can drink alcohol and still lose weight. So the article is actually very average, if I'm completely <laughs> honest. But I quite like the topic. And because Jason and I have very different approaches to alcohol, um, I thought it would just be quite an interesting discussion. So I think we should start with explaining our alcohol habits. Yeah, Jason, on. this might turn into rehab, and I apologize to uh -huh. everyone listening. So so I'll, I'll also talk about how how I don't necessarily feel like my alcohol habits have changed a great deal over my life, but I do feel like maybe the effects have. Uh, I know that sounds really vague, but I'll try and get into it. So I, I would say that I'm uh, quite a heavy drinker and proud. Um, but when I was younger, so I think I would, I think I probably do drink less overall. Obviously that like your drinking habits change in terms of you probably do less binge drinking than you did when you were a kid, but maybe do more what I would describe as like sociable drinking. So one or two here or there. And if we're looking at, um, you know, caloric intake in terms of deficits, surpluses, obviously having a, a couple of pints can actually majorly change how many calories you've taken in a day without you even realizing so there's those little kind of chipping away type calories versus obviously this huge binge that you might have which is maybe a little bit more obvious um because you wake up with a hangover but then also you know you've you've literally sustained an evening activities purely on liquid it makes me think about that thing from the in-betweener is really good you wouldn't drink a whole pint of orange squash would you <laughs> like it is quite weird that we drink, consume alcohol in these massive measures but like you would never drink pint after pint of like juice or something but anyway, so yeah, I'm I'm a I'm definitely an, an alcohol uh, appreciator and someone who does enjoy it. I will say, so like people are always like, oh, you know, if you cut if you cut booze out of your of your life, you're gonna just like the pounds will drop off. I will say, I've been drinking a lot less alcohol in 2019 than I did in 2018. And is that only because we're three months in? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait, uh, I'll get back to you at the end of the year. <laughs> no, but even so, even compared to the first three months of last year, let's say. Um, and in all honesty, I mean, I don't want to promote negative lifestyles. I don't necessarily know if I've. I don't think I've consciously dropped any weight because of drinking less. Mm -hmm. um, and it might be because I've always been aware of the the fact that there's added calories within drinks so it's not something i know a lot of people i mean it is quite it is quite trendy i guess to be like oh i'll have a slim slimline you know gnt uh thinking that, that that's somehow better than you know having a, a rum and coke or whatever i know that that people are a little bit aware of, of that and they are conscious of how many calories are in a glass of wine or whatever 
But um, I would always be, I mean, this isn't healthy either, but I would generally be aware of how many calories I'm going to take in through alcohol and adjust how many I'm consuming with, say, broccoli, eating less broccoli so that I can have more beer. Um, <laughs> so maybe that's why, it, yeah, maybe that's why I've not seen a massive change. Um and then, I mean, you know way more about this than I do in terms of the effects that the alcohol has beyond its calorie intake. So in terms of, I've heard things like your body will, because your body wants to process alcohol before it wants to process anything else, you, it then becomes harder to burn fat when you're in that state. I mean, that might have just perpetuated a myth there. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I'll let you take over. For those that like the information <laughs> part of the podcast, here's Mitch. Okay, so first of all, before I get onto that topic, remind me of that point because I'm going to start rambling and then I'll forget. And uh, I just I've got a bottle of Kahlua out um, <laughs> just because I feel like I always say to Mitch, like depending on on your environment, it helps you channel the the spirit that you're trying to embody. So I've got the Kahlua out. I'm a big white Russian fan, which is obviously like two thousand calories per glass. So. Uh, shout out to Kahlua actually I'm, I've got no fear in promoting yeah, them They're I've got way brilliant. too much work to do today to be touching any of that right now I'm and not going to drink it it's, it's a like prop 10 o'clock in the morning it's a prop guys <laughs> <laughs> okay so I actually did a post on alcohol on my social media page uh, maybe like four or five months ago um, and um, yeah it, it's actually been one of the biggest um, responses I've ever had from a social media post I think that things are changing when it comes to alcohol. Um, alcohol in British culture is still massively ingrained in society. So you want to meet up with friends, you go for a drink. You meet up with work colleagues after work, you go for a drink. Um, and it is just so ingrained. And as soon as you, t you try and step out of that societal norm, um, it can be really difficult. Um, so I used to drink quite heavy when I was at uni, kind of the usual um, going out most evenings uh, throughout my degree. Um, but then since uni, I've kind of taken quite a big step back from alcohol. I enjoy drinking when I do drink, um, as most people do. The buzz and high that you get from drinking alcohol is great. But I find that the day after drinking alcohol, I feel like crap. Um, not just physically, but mentally. I do get very bad hangovers. I get like one to two day hangovers, even when I don't drink that much. Um, always have. But I just find that my mental health massively suffers after I drink alcohol. So, yeah, I very rarely drink now. If I go out, I'll drink maybe one, two pints tops. Jason always laughs at Wait me. Wait a minute. <laughs> you mean two half pints? Yeah, okay, two half pints, about a pint tops. And I just find that that's kind of my, my nice limit where I don't feel rubbish. The next day I still feel nice and clear. I don't kind of feel mentally dreadful. Um, so I think you just need to find that approach to alcohol that works for you and... It can be tough getting comments from people, especially when you're going out with friends that drink quite heavily. Telling them that you don't drink much or you don't want to drink can be difficult. Uh, so a lot of the time I drink alcohol-free beer uh, because it usually stops quite a few questions from people. I feel like you're isolating me here. Uh, no, I feel like you're... I feel like some people no, make you feel... Yeah, no, that's definitely Jason makes you feel bad. No, I do. I do do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, but it's fine. It is absolutely fine. Like, I, some people like to drink and can drink more and feel fine, and that is, that's awesome. But I just found an approach to alcohol that works for me, and that's the way that I stick to it. And I, I'm quite stubborn and don't really give a crap what other people think of me. So I'm happy to say, no, I'm not drinking. But I, know, I understand that some people do find that quite difficult. 
in regards to your point about kind of alcohol metabolism, um, it, it doesn't play that big a part. So alcohol is a poison, so your body will prioritize its breakdown. So if you drink alcohol, it will process it before kind of breaking down carbohydrate, dietary fat. But I, that's not going to make that much of a difference. It pretty much is going to come down to calorie balance still. Um, so that's why when I work with clients, we always touch upon alcohol because I understand that alcohol can be quite a large part of some people's lives, kind of their way to socialize, their way to relax, and that's okay. Um, but you just need to be aware of the calorie content. So the article is, can you drink alcohol and still lose weight? The answer is yes. However, you just need to be sensible about it. If you're working really hard throughout the week to build up a calorie deficit to lose weight, and then you go out and have a big binging session where you drink four or five pints, three or four glasses of wine. It's so easy just to completely cancel out that calorie deficit that you created throughout the whole week. And you're kind of back to square one. So all I would say is focus on calories. I'd also say, I think we all know this, like because alcohol lowers your inhibitions and it increases your confidence and just your kind of laissez-faire attitude, all of us end up kind of throwing uh, a diet out the window or mm-hmm. I-, I can speak from personal experience. I'll eat things when I'm drunk that I would never dream of eating sober. <laughs> Do I uh, want to know? <laughs> no. No. So I'll tell you what, I used to love a smoked sausage. <laughs> I realized that that sounds like an innuendo. But I used to love a smoked sausage, right? And but I, would, I, would, I don't want to eat a smoked sausage ever other than when I'm absolutely wrecked. So obviously that's something that plays a huge part in gaining weight Completely or or healthy. just a poor diet mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily directly related to the caloric intake that comes from alcohol you know yeah. so no no i agree so the amount of times i'll speak to clients i'll be and they've had like an event they're going to at the weekend we catch up after the weekend and they say oh i drank really kind of low calorie drinks went for gin and slimline tonic or vodka and diet coke so the calories are really low compared to other drinks um and then they'll say i don't know why i've put on weight but then you kind of delve a bit deeper and they say oh yeah i had quite a bit to drink and then I fancied a, a deep fried pizza on the way home, which is a weird thing in Scotland. This should not be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Why can you get deep fried pizzas? Mate, we used to, uh, right, this goes, this is another thing that I think is amazing. When I was at school, right, we used to run to the chippy as soon as the bell went, right, at lunchtime. So getting a cardio in beforehand. And uh, it was like, 50p for a deep fried pizza like a half what? pizza and it like it really makes me think about the n- rubbish that you put in your body as a kid and like it's really funny because you see guys who are like eating these deep fried pizzas and having a chippy every single day and they were like skinny like a rake and then you meet them when they're 30 and they're just a mess <laughs> right? and you realize it's that like moment of realization that like you know being a teenager is like drinking from the fountain of youth you can abuse your body in so many ways but it catches up with you eventually yeah i i wouldn't want to eat a deep fried pizza oh it is brilliant though is it? like i mean yeah. i wouldn't eat it every day if i'd had a few pints i'd definitely be on it i'd get that smoked sausage deep fried pizza <laughs> yeah. <up there. laughs> yeah i'm still have you ever had a smoked sausage pizza no. oh my god it's next level brilliant. It's not deep fried though. Are the smoked sausages like those like weird processed. Um, yeah, they're the orange. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. naturally orange uh, sausage <laughs> that sits in the in the the heater bit. Um, not the battered sausages, although I'm, I'm not really a battered sausage oh, guy. See, I was always a battered sausage fan. I liked it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you love battered sausage. But no, so I would say, yeah, like, I think you can drink. I think the I think for a major one for me is, is just 
fallen off the wagon. I think yeah. when you have booze, it makes you just go, ah, effort. I'll have all this chocolate. Exactly. I'll eat all this yeah. stuff. So I think that for me anyway, that that's a that's a big one. If you can stay um, disciplined and you can not fall off the wagon in that respect, I think you're you're a good few steps ahead of the competition. Yeah, and a lot of the time with alcohol as well, it's just a habitual thing. So people have maybe grown up around family members where every time they have dinner, they have a glass of wine. Um, every time they go out, they'll have certain drinks. And yeah, sometimes to kind of break that habit can be really difficult, especially if you're kind of still hanging around with these family members and friends that keep doing the same thing. So if you are wanting to make a change, then I do thoroughly recommend it. Um, if you're fine drinking alcohol, I'm not telling everyone has to stop drinking alcohol. That's not what I'm saying at all. But if you find that alcohol is preventing you from losing weight when you really want to lose weight, it's um, really impacting your mental health, then maybe it is time to start making a bit of a shift with the way that you drink alcohol. Um, that's just me speaking from experience and I rarely drink now. I maybe have a drink every three, four weeks or so. Um, and I find that my mental health has massively improved since taking that approach. So yeah, as, as I said before, it, when you've got friends wanting to meet up for a drink and saying, go on, just have one or why are you not drinking? Uh, are you pregnant or not to me? Cause that'd be weird, um, but <laughs> then it can be really difficult, but stick to your guns because if you are um suffering with it then then it can really really help tippers this is basically uh <laughs> this is basically a, a, a cry for help for me what mitch <laughs> has basically said is he doesn't socialize and uh i often have to go to the pub on my own <laughs> drink my white russians eat my smoked sausage so tippers, if you're out there and you enjoy a drink, hit me up. It's at Jason Pro Unicycling. <laughs> Someone that can help me um, live my life with alcoholic misery, the, the but not time, alone. The amount of times I've walked down Lothian Road, looked through the window at Brewdog, and you're just sitting there crying at a table on your own. Lying on the floor with my <laughs> half-eaten smoked sausage <laughs> covered, in, covered in batter from the chip shop. <laughs> That's 9 a.m. on Monday morning. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you did just get out your... What was it? I, I can't remember the name it's of it. Kahlua, Mitch. Kahlua. It's coffee liqueur, which, in fairness, is only 20% volume. So you've got to mix it with something stronger if you really want to get a buzz. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what I will say? I don't think there's any calorie references on here which in a way is a little bit of an issue right uh, a lot of drinks don't i don't think it's still i don't think you have to with alcohol mm. um, present the calorie content of it so yeah if, if you are wanting to go out and drink and you're looking to lose weight as i said before like focus on calories so go for the drinks with the lowest number of calories in them um i know you might have your favorite drink that might be a certain cocktail um Long white island, russian yeah like long island iced tea is one of the highest calorie drinks that you can get and it sometimes can be like four five six hundred calories for one drink and if you think that a single vodka diet with a diet mixer like diet coke is something like 50 odd calories it just shows the impact that those like separating your um or making more sensible choices can make to your calories. you know what my mate was drinking the other night what vodka and water vodka and water not not sparkling water not fizzy water. water water and is i was it, like is it like with whiskey where he's got like the the pipette out and he's drinking it <laughs> <in>? <laughs> no he was like get me a vodka and water i was like 
are you budgeting for something? Are you like, are you, he's like, no, I'm just trying to be purposefully miserable. No, I mean, it's like, honestly, there's, is there anything more miserable than vodka? I'd rather you just drink straight vodka. I'll just have a straight vodka. Vodka and water, please. That's like, That's could you paint my whole house beige, please? <laughs> yeah. No differentiation. The whole house will be beige. Vodka and water. That's mental. Tippers, don't be drinking vodka and water. If you, if you do drink vodka and water, and you do follow me on Instagram at Jason Pro Unicyclist. Unfollow me. <laughs> they might have done that already from uh, when you started your rant. It's all good. Yeah, it, it, it is difficult. And with, with the way that the UK is set up with alcohol, it's just the norm for people to go out and drink. So it can be difficult to kind of break that cycle if you're wanting to. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with the occasional drink, but just do it sensibly. I think should be our final message here. And that's the truth. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think that's that's the end of episode five, five six not well, six it's mate six okay i'm forgetting we feel like we've been doing this for years now <laughs> it's all like hanging out with you for certainly doesn't feel like six <laughs> weeks does yeah, it it doesn't excellent well um yeah if you guys enjoyed this episode please uh shout about us on instagram uh facebook twitter snapchat if anyone uses that no, I, no. I, I we don't like... have any 13 year old <laughs> listeners <laughs> Know, like some 13 year old listeners are offended post now. about it on linkedin please yeah uh, please give us a share we'd really really appreciate it um and if you have any topics you'd like us to, to discuss then please fire them our way and we'd love to help you out we're actually off now to go and do a photo shoot aren't we which is different oh yeah yeah so we've been invited to be a generic men for a photo shoot um so hopefully little did they know how ungeneric we are <laughs> yeah. and unphotogenic and awkward we are when it comes to having photos speak done. for yourself okay i love a good photo look there's some baby pictures of me in here look how bloody photogenic i've look been since grip. day one you actually haven't changed at all you've just got a beard. i've got a beard now <laughs> That's um, the only i've difference. got more tattoos but yeah. yeah also i'm gonna just get that cheap plug in one more time the video uh, about the outdoor gyms guys watch it i never tell people to share it if you like it and you believe in the message, share it. So just check it out. It's Dan and Jason, Frolic Through Fitness, Quest for Gains. Google it, YouTube it, Facebook it. Mitch makes an appearance. We take the piss out of him to everyone's glee. You'll love it. Uh, and it obviously does have a slightly serious message behind it. Only slightly, though. Yeah. We can't take life too seriously. Otherwise. Obviously not. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, this is Just the Fitness Tip, Edinburgh's number one fitness podcast. Thank you very much, and we will see you all next week. Keep on tipping.